the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Well, we're up to part seven in our series that hit the ground running in the first week of this new year. Our faith. What will others see in 2023? And my hope and goal throughout these teaching sessions is that we'll see that there are natural and creative ways to reach out to people in our relationship circles and let them see our faith. In other words, in the midst of our everyday lives and routines, Let them see our lights shining brightly for Jesus. And if you missed any previous installments, you can easily catch up or even share them with others via the podcasts found at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts. Well, friends, today in Part 7, our focus will be on lighting our world to the glory of God. And so I'd like to begin today's session by sharing a true experience that the late but well-known Bible teacher Keith L. Brooks had when he once spoke to a Christian businessman's gathering on the responsibility of Christians being lights in the world. In other words, Christians reflecting the light of the world, that being Jesus. When the meeting was over, one of the attenders went up to Mr. Brooks and related an experience he recently had that served to drive home Brooks's very point. So the man said, one evening while I was in my basement, I noticed that some potatoes had sprouted. I thought this was a little odd because I was careful to store the potatoes in the darkest corner of my cellar. At first, I couldn't figure out how the light was able to reach the potatoes to cause them to sprout. I was really intrigued by this, so I looked around the cellar, and then I happened to notice there was a copper kettle that I had hung from the ceiling near one of the cellar windows. That kettle caught my attention because it was so well polished that it was able to reflect the rays of the sun shining through that window right onto that sack of potatoes. When I noticed that, I said to Mr. Brooks, I thought to myself, I may not be a preacher or a teacher with the ability to expound on God's word like you do, but I can sure function like that copper kettle catching the rays of the sun, S-O-N, you know, the son of God, and reflect his light to some person in a dark corner. 
Friends, I thought that was a pretty cool observation, wasn't it? Well, before we move on to today's focus, I'd like to briefly recap where we've been. First, we took a look at spiritual sight and the challenge to look at people the same way Jesus looked at them. We saw Jesus in action as he intentionally reached out and engaged the unpopular Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Second, we took a look at spiritual hearing and the challenge to be sensitive and actively listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. Here was Philip in action as he made himself available and reached out to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Third, we took a look at spiritual action and the challenge to invite the Lord to engineer circumstances in other people's lives in such a way that we willingly, lovingly, and intentionally make ourselves available to help when opportunities present themselves. We saw the Good Samaritan in action coming to the aid of a person beaten and left for dead in Luke chapter 10. Fourth, we inserted a special edition on spiritual love that is biblical love and the challenge to love the way Jesus loves, you know, agape love. We sought to better understand Christ's love and how we might imitate it as the Bible instructs us. We even took an extra step and contrasted this agape love with several other types and levels of human love mentioned in the scriptures and in the first century Greco-Roman world. Recall that our fulcrum was 2 Corinthians 5.14. The love of Christ controls us. I reminded us that it's not enough to just be channels for God, but that we must be loving channels. Fifth, we took a look at spiritual resources and specifically how human resources fall short of meeting human needs. So the challenge in this session was for us to leave the solution to Christ. Here we watched Philip and Andrew in action, failing miserably when Jesus presented them with the opportunity to provide food for 5,000 plus people. In Matthew chapter 14, recall that I stressed the importance of consulting all the gospel accounts for any tidbits they might have included. Only John's gospel added the conversation between Jesus and Philip and Andrew. Last time in part six, we took a look at spiritual favor and what it actually meant to bring grace to others. And the challenge here was to differentiate between mere humanitarian efforts and Christian ministry. Because, friends, as we've been learning, ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs to the glory of God. And if you've been with us throughout this series, you may recall that I said as Christians, we are not just distributors of goods, we are distributors of grace. In other words, when we intersect with a situation or a person in need, we don't just bring aid or material goods, we actually bring grace. Amen? So, friends, today in Part 7, I want to talk to us all about spiritual motivation. And the challenge here will be to examine why we do the things we do or why we don't do the things we should be doing. A few weeks ago, I asked us all this question. Are we excited about and do we anticipate the possibility that the Lord may provide us with an opportunity to touch another person with our faith? Now, friends, I'll admit that even here we have to be very careful because even this question can be viewed as being self-serving. In other words, we're not even supposed to be proactively engaged in sharing our faith for our own ends, as if thinking to ourselves, 
yells, Hey, I led somebody to the Lord today. Or, Hey, I shared the gospel with XYZ today. Or, Hey, I went over to so-and-so's house and told them about Jesus. <laughs> Friends, all those thoughts are actually good and right on the surface. But in today's session, I want to be absolutely certain that we don't overlook another very important word in the last phrase of our four-pronged ministry mantra we've been learning this year. The word I want us to focus on today is the word glory in the ministry mantra. Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And friends, what's going to help us do this is digging a little below the surface of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. Now, it's unfortunate Ephesians chapter 5 has been pigeonholed into the chapter that deals with marriage and the charges to husbands and wives. But the whole first half of the chapter has incredible truths, admonishments, and exhortations to all of us in the body of Christ, and specifically how we should be living and acting, not only among outsiders, but with ourselves in the church as well. So listen carefully, and please attempt to read a little between the lines. I've chosen a respected modern language translation because it has some vivid ways of communicating these truths. Ephesians 5, 8 through 20. Although you were once the personification of darkness, you are now light in the Lord. So act like children of the light, for the fruit of the light is in all that is good, right, and true. Make it your aim to learn what pleases our Lord. Don't get involved with the fruitless works of darkness. Instead, expose them to the light of God. You see, it's a disgrace to speak of their secrets. So don't even talk about what they do when no one is looking. When the light shines, it exposes even the dark and shadowy things and turns them into pure reflections of light. This is why they sing, Awake, you sleeper, rise from your grave, and the liberating king will shine on you. So, be careful how you live. Be mindful of your steps. Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Instead, walk as the wise. Make the most of every living and breathing moment because these are evil times. So understand and be confident in God's will and don't live thoughtlessly. Don't drink wine excessively. The drunken path is a reckless path. It leads nowhere. Instead, let God fill you with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to speak to each other in the soulful words of pious songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, to sing and make music with your hearts attuned to God, and to give thanks to God the Father every day through the name of the Lord Jesus, the liberating King, for all he has done. Friends, let's just unpack a few of these phrases to get at the heart of the matter that's likely on Paul's mind as I see it. Verse 10, make it your aim to learn what pleases the Lord. Other translations say find out or determine. This implies conscious, proactive effort on our part and demonstrates that we take our walk seriously. This will be supported by verse 15, our next verse. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. 
Another translation says, walk circumspectly, or as the Greek says, walk diligently. These are very descriptive words, particularly circumspectly, which means be cautious, careful to consider all related circumstances before acting or judging or deciding on a matter. Verse 16, make the most of the opportunity. I really like the translation I chose here, make the most of every living and breathing moment. Another translation says, use every chance you have for doing good. This is a cool word here in the Greek New Testament because it covers two meanings, opportunity and time. So one meaning can be make the most of every opportunity and the other can be make the most of the time. Personally, either one works and both work. As Christ followers living in the light and letting our light shine, we are to observe the times and take advantage of every opportunity the times afford us to let others see our faith. And finally, verse 20, And give thanks to God the Father every day through the name of the Lord Jesus, the liberating King, for all he's done. Well, friends, here in verse 20, I believe we'll find the smoking gun because Paul provides us with a subtle hint at the idea of glorifying God. And here you'd probably want to ask me, Pastor Tom, how does giving thanks suggest glorifying God? And I'm glad you asked. Remember now, even though Paul is writing in Greek, he thinks like a Hebrew. And we westernized Gentile Christians reading our English Bibles have to read between the lines a little and arm ourselves with the familiarity of the Hebrew concept of worship. You see, friends, for the Hebrew mind, worship was not compartmentalized like we mistakenly think and act today. For the Hebrews, worship was not an aspect of life. It was life itself. Just consider Psalm 104.33. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. And together with praise and worship, the Hebrews equated thankfulness. And praise, worship, and thankfulness point back to giving glory to God. And friends, giving glory to God implies that we're acknowledging him as sovereign, as king, ruler, and giving him credit for all we have. Again, this idea can be traced directly back to the Psalms. Let me demonstrate this with a few key verses. Psalm 29, 1 and 2. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. Psalm 66, 1 through 4. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to your name. Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise him, bless his name. Friends, did you notice the interplay between glory, worship, praise, bless, and thanksgiving? 
Now, friends, as New Testament Christ followers, we must not fail to realize that this attitude, this mindset, carries over into the New Testament. Paul gives us another hint, a clue, if you will, in his prayer for the Colossians. In the middle of his prayer, in chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, he prays that they may live in a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that they might have great endurance and patience and give joyful thanks to the father who has qualified them to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light paul's use of this word glorious comes from a word i bet you've heard before doxology it has its roots in the greek word doxa which means glory honor and praise the Apostle John uses this very word in Revelation 4, 9 through 11, when he says, Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being these concepts turn up again in revelation 5 11 through 14 when john tells us then i looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and then thousands times ten thousands they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they sang worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise then i heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him that sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever Friends, I say all this to say that the challenge before us is to view our whole life as a life lived in worship to the Lord. Well, let's pause here for a moment, friends. If you tuned in late, you're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I want you to know how valuable you are as listeners to A Word from the Word, which is fully listener-supported. Your financial partnership keeps this program on the air, which disciples many Christians without a church home, plus those of you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. Join forces with me and A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at a word from the word at minister.com. We'll repeat this info at the end of the program. So again, I say that the challenge before us is to view our whole life as a life lived in worship to the Lord. And a life lived in worship to the Lord will be a life that understands that the Lord is to be glorified in all that we do. And being conscious of this adds a depth of meaning to our four-pronged ministry monster we've been using as a template for this New Year series, doesn't it? Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Friends, you may recall me reiterating in a previous session that it is not enough to just be channels. We must be loving channels for God. 
That is because everything we do is to be done in love. Remember 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen. Let all that you do be done in love. And friends, all that we do in love is to be done to the glory of God. See how they complement each other? Loving channels glorify God. Amen. And loving channels who glorify God are characterized in Scripture as children of light. And this brings us full circle back to Ephesians 5, 8-20. So let's briefly summarize. Verse 8, The fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that includes discovering what pleases the Lord, verse 10, and making the most of every opportunity, verse 16, comprehending what the will of the Lord is, verse 17, and living a life of worship characterized by speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, verse 19, and finally giving glory to God by making music in your heart to the Lord and always giving thanks. Verse 20. See, friends, if glorifying God is not our underlying motive for all that we do, then what we are doing will only be engaging in religious activity and not true Christian ministry. True Christian ministry understands that glory belongs to God alone. We're reminded of this in Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And friends, this is why Jesus' words in the Beatitudes include this. Let your light so shine before others in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, in Matthew 5.16. And so today's installment, Lighting Our World to the Glory of God, actually communicates a divine human equation, doesn't it? Us lighting our world, but doing so with the intention that God, in turn, will receive all the glory. Back in 1995, a song written by Chris Rice and released by Kathy Tricoli was called Go Light Your World. Some of the lyrics are very appropriate for today. Carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused and torn, and hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your world. Frustrated brother, see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle without a flame. Because we're our family whose hearts are blazing, so let's raise our candles and light up the sky, praying to our Father in the name of Jesus, make us a beacon in darkest times. So carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused, and torn, and hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your world. So, Lord, help us to be a light, a glowing witness to you. I think of Jesus' words to his disciples in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. He says in part, I chose you and have appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last. Friends, will we accept this calling? Several sessions ago, our session was on living out the Savior's call. After all, isn't this the crux of our lives as Christ followers, living out what we believe in order to enable others to see our faith and point them to Jesus and give glory to God? 
Well, friends, I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 5 in the words of Jesus just before he concluded with, let your light so shine before others. I believe it's worth highlighting. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise or glorify your heavenly Father. Lord, we hear your call. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit and empower us to share our faith and your love as people with a purpose, people with a passion, people with right prerogatives, and people with a mission. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program, which will close with an email where you may write me and share your feedback on today's teaching or any previous program you've listened to, even the podcast archives. One listener recently wrote in regarding part three in this series, How Do We Live Out the Savior's Call with this? A great message and another call to be available and use the time we have on earth to make a real difference in the lives of others. We don't have to travel to foreign countries to take on the plight of the world's needy. We just need to see the opportunities in our own neighborhoods and act accordingly. Many thanks. Well, thank you for your feedback. And friends, the email you hear shortly is also where you may inquire about how to financially support a word from the word. I also love coming alongside you who are without a church home or those of you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. Podcasts are posted at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts and then scroll to a word from the word. Programs are posted in latest date order. Podcasts can also be accessed on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And thanks to my friends and partners at ChristianBody.net, a word from the word is now being broadcast to over 70 countries. Friends, I invite you to join our mission and invest in the ministry of a word from the word in 2023 and help us be Become fully funded. It's listeners like you that keep a word from the word on the air. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.